Hi, this is Kurt Snyder from NewarkAdvocate.com, and I'm here again with my colleague Dave Whitig. Welcome to the Advocates Licking County Football Podcast. We've reached eight, week eight of the high school football season, and uh, Dave, the big game uh, really stands out this week. Uh, an old rivalry, lots of uh, lots of parents and grandparents and uncles have played in this one. Uh, Newark Catholic travels to Licking Valley, and you know the Panthers remain unbeaten. They still probably would be a quote-unquote Vegas favorite, but the Green Wave, four-game winning streak, victory against Johnstown, you know, they might have something for the Panthers on Friday night. Well, you know, I, th- I think they will, Kurt, and I think Licking Valley knows that. And, uh, you know, I'm sure everyone's pretty much moved their chips to Licking Valley's side on this game. But I wouldn't, you know, I would not rule uh, the Green Wave out. They're, they're just be- because, you know, like, like you said when we were talking earlier, their defense – their defense really seems to be coming together with all those young guys. And they're playing together well, and they're swarming to the ball. And they really, and it really showed, uh, you know, holding uh, Johnstown to 10 points last week and, and keeping them out of the end zone like they did, you know, in all those times inside the red zone. No doubt, Newark Catholic got a 21-10 victory against Johnstown. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you never know how games are going to play out. But – it's oftentimes maybe the way a game plays out that causes you to, to take even more notice. You know, not only did Newark Catholic hold Johnstown to 10 points, but it was the way some of those defensive stands came. Early in the game, they uh, stopped them on short yardage on the first drive, and, you know, that set a tone that, hey, if we get into third and two or third and three, if you're Newark Catholic, they knew they could play with Johnstown. They knew they weren't just going to get pushed around and the Johnnies weren't just going to get a first down and keep moving. You know, Johnstown's offense – you know, they, they told you earlier this year, I think it was Jaden Jacob who said, you know, every play is designed to score, but when the Johnnies are playing well, you know they're at least going to get that four or five yards. And the green wave, uh, that, that great defense as far as the defensive line and, and those linebackers, uh, they didn't let Johnstown, uh, you know, able to push them around and get those, uh, you know, long, you know, time-chewing drives. Right, and, and, and you know, alluding to what Jacob said too, uh, there's usually some big plays sprinkled in there too with those long drives and you know apparently Newark Catholic did not allow those either and um, you know uh, you know, hats off to coach Ryan Aiello and his staff for keeping the faith with his team you know they were one and two at the start it was looking like oh here it could be another four and six three and seven type of season but they've uh, kind of put that on turned that on its ear it's been impressive the way they've done it and like we've said before uh, coach Aiello's system starting to take uh, effect a little bit here and they're starting to believe in it and know it I, I know uh in talking to coach Boffman this week he you know he's he's obviously uh they've got they've got Licking Valley's attention and um uh, and he called uh, Matt Carlisle you know a North Catholic's great uh, dual threat quarterback by far the best quarterback that they have seen and that's and that's saying a lot well and certainly you know the green wave you know coming into the year there's maybe some question marks and even those first few weeks about the line play and uh, the defensive line really stepped up. I mean, you know, Nate Williams has been a big part of it on both sides of the ball season. We knew that, you know, being a, a Division One uh, recruit. But uh, a couple seniors like Tyler Clark and Ed Jewett, you know, they're not, you know, they, they don't necessarily uh, intimidate you like maybe a Johnstown or a Licking Valley does when you see them next to people. But uh, they continue to get the job done. Uh, David Rashawn, a junior, he was out there a lot uh, making some big plays. And, 
you know, a lot of times the defensive line, you don't have to make those sacks, though they did have a few pressures here and there when Johnstown had to throw. You know, certainly against a team like Licking Valley, they probably aren't going to say sack Logan Braggs four or five times. But if those defensive linemen can take up, you know, those blocks and don't let the uh, offensive linemen to that second level, that's when, uh, you know, Brendan Sheehan, the freshman, he, Newark Catholic had him for 11 tackles on Friday night. Wow. You know, Drew Hess, you know, Car- excuse me, uh, you know, Brooks, Chance Brooks, you know, these are types of kids that then can go make plays because of the way the, uh, the, way the defensive line plays. Right. Well, um- Conversely, though, uh, you know, Newark Catholic, we've talked about their struggles trying to run the football all season. And against an opponent of this caliber, this, this could come, come back to bite them. Uh, you know, when, when their main running threat has been primarily uh, Matt Carlisle. And, uh, you know, if they're forced to be one-dimensional against the Panthers, they could be in trouble. Uh, Licking, Licking Valley, uh, you know, last week against Watkins Memorial, I mean, they held them to zero yards rush, rushing, a net zero yards rushing. And um, they get so much penetration – uh, you know, Carlisle could be running for his life, but but I'm sure the Green Wave will come up with uh, you know some kind of game plan to combat that. Hey, Dave, you've been talking here recently about the Panthers, and you know they had the three weeks there in the middle of the season where they they had some teams that uh, you know certainly aren't having as good of seasons, and uh, you're wondering about you know will they be able to to stay focused? Will they be able to stay sharp? It sounds like it maybe took them a quarter against Watkins, but. You know, I don't think that's a problem anymore as they get ready for this stretch at the end of the year of Newark Catholic and Granville and then, you know, Looking Heights in Week 10, which, you know, you get, even though the Hornets are 1-6, and six, looks like maybe a little bit more of a formidable opponent than maybe they did a few weeks ago. They're going to have to be on top of their game. And, uh, you know, Coach Boffman uh, the last couple of weeks has not been happy with the way they've come out uh, in these games. Uh, and Watkins Memorial did a great job against them defensively to kind of throw them out off kilter and uh, – and forcing uh, the Panthers to come out in the second half and line up in the eye and, and uh, go with power of football, which I'm not sure that's what they wanted to do in that situation. But the thing about Licking Valley is their ability to do that is what makes them so good. Uh, the, the ability to, to come out in the spread and uh, have, a, have a lot of different weapons at receiver. And, uh, and Mitchell Ford, without doubt, one of the best backs in the LCL, if not the best back in, in the league. And he's only played three quarters most games. So this could be the type of game, and I'm sure Valley would like to see it, uh, could be a four-quarter type of game, you know, if, if, if North Catholic's defense can play like we, we talked about. Uh, get, get it into the fourth quarter. And, um, you know, that's where the Panthers should shine because of almost a two-platoon system. And they've been uh, putting in a little more conditioning in practice because they haven't really seen that fourth quarter, you know, having to perform then. Well, we've talked a lot about the Licking Valley offense this season, but you know, we mentioned a few weeks ago Granville's scoreless streak. Their defense kind of overshadowed what Licking Valley's defense has done. But you know, you keep going through week after week. You know, last week the only offensive touchdown Valley gave up was on you know essentially a hail mary at the end of the first half. Uh, you know, the previous week they gave, did give up an early touchdown to Lakewood, but nothing else. You know, shutout to Northridge and Utica. I mean. Talk about this defense and the way, you know, yeah, we talk about Ford and Bragg and some of the offensive guys, but, man, these de- defensive guys are just as good. They are. Um, this week I, I had the good fortune of talking to their two linebackers, uh, Noah Hopkins, who played really well last year as well, and, and Connor Buxton, a first-year starter as a senior, stepped in for Colin, Colin, Colin Kozlowski was a great player last year and they led Licking Valley in tackles. 
it's been kind of a seamless transition with uh, him stepping in there for him at linebacker spot. And uh, it's not by accident. He, he, the kids worked really hard. You know, he's in the weight room before school, he, said, he told me, most days of the week. So he's kind of worked himself into that role because he knows he, in that defense, the linebackers come up big. Their defensive line does, does such a great job of occupying blockers. And that frees up their linebackers to make the plays. And that, that's been part of their big, big part of their success. You know, a Newark Catholic, you know, Matt Carlisle was thrown for over 1,000 yards. And Slater Evans, he caught his eighth touchdown uh, on Friday night. They have a few other weapons with Derek Cock and Brandon Buchanan. And, you know, Licking Valley secondary hasn't been tested much recently. But we remember the way they started the year, you know, with picking off Sheridan a whole bunch of times and, mm-hmm. you know, really uh, turning Heath into a, a one-dimensional team, forcing the Bulldogs to pretty much stay grounded in week two. I think this secondary, this will be their biggest test of the season, no doubt about it, because I've uh, been really impressed with Newark Catholic's core receivers. You know, a couple of them are you know, pretty young, you know, with Buchanan and uh, Tanner El- or Elwell as well, you know. Um, and they go and, and using Derek Hawk more and more as a receiver, and you know, and a game busting type of receiver as well. So that secondary is going to really be put to the test. And I, uh, but Newark Catholic is going to have to protect uh, Carlisle. Definitely. Well, it should be a great game. Uh, you'll be out there on uh, Friday night, and you know, obviously, uh, you know, you get close to the that week nine. We've been talking about it a whole bunch, and you know, all of a sudden after Newark Catholic beat Johnstown. You know, they have a big week nine game, too, next week because they play Heath. And uh, Heath is another team that can't get, you know, caught looking ahead. You know, they host Northridge. And uh, one thing about the Bulldogs, even at 6-1 and one and the Vikings at 1-6, and six, I think the Bulldogs will be ready because I remember 12 months ago when uh, Northridge kind of surprised Heath up at Northridge and uh, beat the Bulldogs. Uh, so I think the Bulldogs will be ready. Yeah, you know, I think it's homecoming for them, if I'm not mistaken, yep. this week. And uh some you know you, you talk to coaches about that kind of thing and then sometimes it it can be a distraction d- depending on you know you hope i i, w- I would think um, heath has enough veteran players and everything that, that that won't be a problem for them but if they do get distracted and, and overlook northridge hey the vikings are are pretty a daggone pretty good team uh for one and six and uh hard nosed and uh they're they're gonna bring their a game against them and um and, you know, he, he's going to have to be ready because they can ill afford to slip up. You know, we, doing the, the crunching of numbers for, for computer points, you know, in that region that they're in with Licking Valley, St. Clairsville, you know, Indian Valley, some of those teams, you know, eight and two might not get them in. They may have to go nine and one to get in. Yeah, this is the time when uh, coaches and uh, sports writers spend a lot of time on uh, – that awesome site, joeitell.com. You know, Joe's from Southwest Ohio and uh, basically has all the numbers done before the OHSA tells us. And, you know, it allows you to look at, you know, possibilities if this team wins, if that team wins. I know St. Clearsville got a big win the last week against Bel Air. It pretty much, you know, clinched probably their spot, uh, you know, barring any wild upsets, you, you know, you wouldn't expect or whatever. So, yeah, you know, Heath is a, a team that, you know, if they go nine and one, maybe they could sneak into a home game. But yeah, if they slip up anywhere, eight and two is not automatic. So they certainly have to stay uh, stay focused. Uh, they they continue to run the ball with uh, Xavier Purrier and you know that passing game. We've talked about it. You know they have a veteran quarterback with Austin Morrow. They have some good receivers. You feel like at some point, you know, you saw that at the in the comeback against North Union. At some point, the Bulldogs are going to you know complete some important passes through the air and maybe have that big breakout game if teams start to really load the box on the run. Yeah, I think they're going to they're gonna need that, especially against, uh, you know, 
really good defensive teams come here coming down the stretch and like you said you know between Newark Catholic and, and Johnstown their last two opponents they're probably going to have to lean some on that passing game and uh, they certainly have the weapons to do it you know with Keelan Williams out there a very talented sophomore and, and you know Hartman and some of these other guys they have out there they're certainly capable of it but it'll be interesting to see you know how they approach Northridge like we said and uh uh, maybe you'll see them throw the ball a little bit more. Uh, they may have to against Northridge. You know, Northridge's defense uh, came out against Granville and uh, was went toe to toe with them the first half. You know, Northridge was seven to seven. They had some, uh, you know, a couple really good punts by their punter Will Will Holt to put themselves in position to uh, back Granville up. They had a couple opportunities where unfortunately they couldn't cash in, and then Granville was able to hit them with some big plays. Which you know Johnstown hit Northridge with some big plays the previous week. So you know, talking about that, a, a team like Northridge, you know, they have nothing to lose, kind of high risk, high reward play. So uh, it might force the Bulldogs into uh, taking some shots. Uh, you know the Vikings. You know one and six, and I know Coach Campbell talks about you know his team. This is you know his three teams. Obviously, every team special, but you know he really likes the resolve of this team and in how close they are. And you know you look at their schedule, and for a Division Six team, it's just brutal. I mean, even some of the smaller school teams they played. You know they played East Knox in Week One. They're seven and zero. You know so they've had three teams on their schedule that are seven and zero of their seven. Seven games so far. Shenandoah six and Shenandoah one. Shenandoah is six and one. Heath will be six is six and one coming into the game. So you know those are five teams right there. You know with six or seven wins already, and of course we know about Johnstown and you know so you think about what Northridge has gone through, but they're still there. They'll still come out on Friday night, uh, you know, ready to try to give it to the Bulldogs, and uh, you know if they could pull an upset, that would be uh, make a season. Make a season and certainly. Uh, shake things up, you know, as far as the playoff picture. And, and obviously, uh, the, the Cardinal division title hangs in the balance here over these next few games. And that would put a severe dent in their plans for that as well. So, you know, a lot to play for for the Vikings. Um, I like the job Coach Campbell has done out there. Uh, Dylan Parman certainly emerged as, a, as one of the best backs in the LCL. And, um, you know, if the Vikings put a whole whole game together, who knows? Definitely. Well, and, and certainly uh, Granville is another uh, unbeaten team, and, and they got to, you know, avoid looking ahead, you know, to Licking Valley in Week 9 as they host Lakewood in Week 8. And it'll be interesting to see what the Blue Aces uh, do over the next couple of weeks because they've been a team that's kind of been uh, looking for a complete performance recently. You know, we know that Licking Heights pushed them all the way through the game in Week 6, and then mentioning it against Northridge, it was 7-7 to midway through the second quarter before the Blue Aces uh, really took off so you know I'm sure they'll be looking for a quick start against Lakewood to kind of get back that mojo going uh, before they play Looking Valley. Well knowing Coach Buttermore he's, he can't be real happy with their their lack of a running game here in recent weeks so although uh, we, we talked the other we talked last night about uh, quarterback Bo Buttermore and how he has emerged as a great passer and of course he has he's blessed with some really good weapons and and Dominique Verasso has has really emerged as a deep threat we knew he could be. And last week he kind of took it to an extreme. Um, but I know Coach Buttermore still wants to run the ball first. And I think you'll see that that's what they're going to try to do against Lakewood because they know to beat Licking Valley, they have to be balanced, absolutely. And, you know, you talk about looking ahead. I, the last two weeks, talking to Licking Valley players, they've mentioned the Granville game. <laughs> and I'm sure Coach Bachman would not like to hear that. But how can you not think about that or, t- or talk about it? And, you know, Granville's got to avoid 
avoid that this weekend because they want to be on top of their game heading into week nine. Well, you know, anybody who's uh, – any listeners who maybe played at Looking Valley, say, 10, 15 years ago, anybody who was around the Looking Valley program 10, 15 years ago, uh, I remember going into some days into that old field house, uh, into the weight room, and uh, there were always colorful things hanging up on the bulletin board. And uh, if I'm thinking, you know, back to those days, I would say there's certain games coming up on the schedule, maybe this week, maybe next week, uh, that have some uh, colorful things, like I said, up on those bulletin boards, you know, whether it's pictures or sayings, mottos. Uh, you know, the Panthers will certainly be ready for that, and obviously the Blue Aces will be too. You know, Lakewood, you know, it's, it's a tough season. It, it is again, and, you know, it's too bad, really, because the Lancers certainly have some uh, talent there, but, you know, just a numbers game, and a lot of teams they've been playing, especially here, these Buckeye Division teams, uh, you know, they can go two platoon or almost two platoon. And, you know, the Lancers, uh, we talked earlier in the season about how they were missing junior Zeb Mansker. You know, he's a key two-way player who's fought through some injuries, and he's back on the field. Caught a touchdown pass last week against Licking Heights. And, you know, teams in Lakewood's position, they look for anything to go their way. And it was 0-0 late in the first half. They have a chance to score and maybe take a lead into halftime. And then, you know, it was an interception return all the way down, the you know, from one end zone to the other that gives Licking Heights that spark that they need. And then they come right out in the third quarter and really take it to the Lancers and, you know, it's kind of back to the drawing board as they get ready again to, to try to go to Granville. Well, they've shown some signs here. You know, you bring up a good point. These last two games, you know, the two weeks ago at Licking Valley, it's a 7-6 to six game, I think, in the second quarter there. And, uh, you know, last week against, against Licking Heights, you know, things just seem to snowball on them. When they go bad, they go bad. And if they can ever avoid those mistakes, you know, they, they could jump up and bite someone. And, uh, you know uh, – I'm sure, you know, obviously they're still focused on these last three games. But next year, things may ease up a little bit for them going to the small school division of the LCL because, as uh, our listeners, some may know, some not, that uh, Zanesville will join the Licking County League next year and be in the big school division, and Lakewood will will shift into the small school. Yep, the schedule will change a little bit because not, you know, they will only play one, you know, mandatory crossover game. So for some of these schools in the in the Cardinal Division, such as a Utica or Northridge or even Lakewood, moving, uh, they might have a chance to uh, you know change the some of the opponents on their schedule. You know maybe get a few more of those uh, competitive games early to maybe build up some confidence. Uh, you know obviously uh, you know a godsend for the Lancers has been uh, the addition of Connor Rosink, who transferred from Newark Catholic. You know he's been a uh, the leading rusher this season, but he's also been the leading receiver the past couple games as the Lancers have been able to, you know, kind of get him the ball in space. You know, also a uh, really a hard-nosed defensive player and, you know, a real student of the game. I mean, even last year at Newark Catholic, you'd watch him and, you know, constantly standing on the sideline. You could hear him on the field, you know, talking to his teammates, directing guys, putting them in the right spot. And, you know, Coach Lee has mentioned that right off the bat. That was the big thing he brought to Lakewood. Right, right. And, uh you know, hopefully these the senior class at Lakewood. There's not many of them, but it, but it's high quality guys. Hopefully they'll they'll leave something for this. You know, they've got a big junior class at Lakewood, and hopefully they can keep those guys together. And, and I think these seniors that they have are setting a good example for them uh, to leave them with. And uh, you know, maybe they can they they have something with this this junior class for next year. It's it's the same thing we say about Utica. You know, mm-hmm. Utica's at Johnstown this week, and. You know, you talk to a few of the juniors at Utica this week and on Monday, and it's, 
Same situation, a small senior class, but a really talented big junior class. And you hope that some of these lessons, some of these hard times that they've gone through the past couple of years maybe begin to pay off next season. Well, uh, as I told Coach Riley, um, you know, he and his staff deserve a ton of credit for trying to keep these kids up. You know, it's a tough situation for them, you know. Uh, they haven't come close to a win, not not only, you know, going 0-7, but they, they've not really come close. So, but I I was really impressed. As That was the first time I was able to make it out to their practice. I was really impressed with the positive vibes I got from them. They're doing the right things. As a, as a coach said, it may not be shown on the scoreboard, but we're having success with these kids in some other areas too. You know, uh, it, you know, it's, it's really nice that they go and read to the elementary kids at uh, Utica Elementary School. Uh, and I think that the players uh, enjoy it, and I, I think the, the, the little kids uh, look up to them a little bit and uh, they say, hey, look, you know, I'm going to be a Redskin someday. And that's, that's, how you, that's how you build a program and, and, and maintain it. And obviously, it, it's some people pay lip service to it, but it's you know it's true. It, it's much bigger than football, much bigger than high school athletics. Here, you know these kids are need to be good role models. You know you hope they're good citizens in the classroom and you know out in the community and you know people that hey you know can be you can be proud of. You know when they go on to college or they come back. You know a lot of Utica staff. You know just like Coach Rally and a lot of his assistants. Uh, you know are. are graduates you know they're guys that have been there uh been through the wars that they understand what it's like to be you know from utica and to give back to the community and and they enjoy that and they they want to see utica have success you know that they obviously you know wherever they're playing or wherever they're coaching now or teaching you know they're going to put their heart and soul into it but it's something special when it's your alma mater when you're doing it there and you know they want to see that success and uh you know you talk to tanner parsons a, a junior you know, it, what a great attitude he has. And, you know, obviously, yeah, it would be easy for someone like him to say, well, you know, my teammates aren't good enough. You know, if I played at a Valley or I played at a Granville. But you don't get that sense, you know, that he ever says that. You know, he plays for Utica, and he's going to give his heart and soul for Utica and, and not say and pass blame and say, well, you know, if my teammates were better, then I would look better. You know, he's out there giving it 100% every day. Well, and the thing that impressed me the most about him was he's playing hurt. Uh, you know, he says, yeah, I'm, I'm dinged up. He said, you know, he looks at it as from freshman through senior year. He said, I only have 40 games. And, of course, he's got next year too. But this this year is quickly winding down. And I, I really like that approach that, you know, each game is important. And he's trying to make the most of it. So what if I'm a little dinged up? I'm going to keep playing. You know, and, that's, and that, the other players see that as well and um, and the coaching staff. So good 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 guy like him to have around and you know he he uh you're right he could probably be a, a standout on a so-called better team but he's where he wants to be uh at Utica just like you know their coaches and everything and you know at some point they're going to break through you know they're the, they're the type of kids and, and coaches that you want to see them succeed well and Johnstown Utica's opponent on Friday night we've talked about it here the past few weeks about margin for error we know there's no more margin for error we know that for sure uh, you know, they're three and four, Division Five, Region Nineteen. Uh, you know, that could be a little bit of movement there at the bottom, uh, but they have to go six and four to have a chance to sneak in. And and obviously, this week's task is beat Utica. You know, next week is a you know a crossover game, so it doesn't count in the Cardinals standings. But they want to beat Looking Heights, and they want Week Ten to mean something when they go to Heath. You know, whether that's a win and getting the playoffs or 
if he knocks off North Catholic in week nine, Johnstown would still have a chance to uh, get a piece of that Cardinal Division title with a victory against the Bulldogs. So, you know, that they are continuing to keep that good attitude. You know, Coach Carter, you know, his mantra is, you know, we just have to keep getting better. And, you know, the players buy into that. And, you know, they, they want to keep, you know, grinding here and uh, hope to kind of have that maybe big breakthrough here down the stretch of the season because they're still a type of team that if they get into the playoffs – you know, teams uh, maybe will cringe a tiny bit when they see Johnstown across the bracket from them. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, I think I think they, the, the Johnnies have kind of cemented themselves in uh, in people's minds. You know, especially in Division Five and, and in that region, they hear Johnstown now. They they know they know what they're all about. They know what they do, and uh, they know it's hard to stop, even though you know what's coming. And that's uh, that's a testament to to their coaches and, and the, the players who have bought into this, you know, they haven't quite performed at the level that we're used to with them. Maybe, you know, maybe, I don't know if the talent's down a little bit or what, what, but uh, I'll, I'll guarantee you one thing, they're going to be uh, super ready to go these last three weeks because they still have a lot to play for. Well, in the last uh, Looking County League game uh, this week is Watkins Memorial Looking Heights, the annual battle for Broad Street. There's been some years where this game has had playoff implications or league title implications. Uh, you know, if you talk to Licking Heights, it still does this week uh, because they still believe that, you know, if they get a little help from Licking Valley in week nine, they, you know, they technically, if they win, the, win this week, they would have a chance to share it in week 10. But, you know, this is about saving the season. This is about, you know, getting a rivalry game, you know, building those memories with friends. You know, you know that the stands will be filled you know, student sections from both sides will be there. You know, this is the type of game when you come back to reunions, you know, when you uh, talk on social media, when you go to college and you see kids from the other school, uh, you say, hey, remember we beat you on Friday night. Well, I know just from uh, talking to you, uh, covering this game in the past and just seeing how the how the games play out, I'm constantly amazed by, well, you think one thing is going to happen in this game. Like, one team's so much better, they're going to blow them out. Oh, no, no. It's close. It comes right down to the wire, no matter what the records are. And and, and granted, neither of these teams is having the season they, they wanted to have. But um, there's always something to play for. And, uh, boy, the pride. And the pride in this thing is is, is through the roof. And, uh, you know, talking to Coach Keener, the couple times I have this year, he, they're playing a lot of younger kids, getting some great experience for the future. And what – what better experience than to play in a game of this caliber? Well, and I think that's the great challenge for uh, Watkins Memorial. You know, when it, when this rivalry restarted back in, you know, the first game was 2006 when they started talking about it in 2005, you know, Looking Heights' as coach Darren Waters at the time, he said people uh, called him crazy. Like, you want to play Watkins, why? Uh, because they knew, uh, you know, what the difference was and, you know, a little bit of a difference in enrollment but just what the programs had been uh and i think watkins at the beginning of that time took it for granted they won the first game easily and then looking heights uh quickly got a lot better and they took it to them and i i think really over these 15 years the big difference you see in this rivalry is who takes it seriously and i think looking heights over the years generally has taken it more seriously we've seen in recent years now where watkins uh maybe has given Heights maybe more of a run for their money, even when the records, you know, have been a little bit different. But I think that's the challenge this year for Watkins is 
you know, you need to bring it. You can't just wait for a Licking Valley game. You, you didn't win that. You know, you can't wait for Granville in Week 10. You know, this is a game where you need to show that, that this means something to you. And I think that's the big challenge for Watkins this week because we know Heights will. You know, they, they just got their first win last week. You know, they're thinking of going four and six now. You know, they're one and six. You know, that they expect to, to have a good showing. You know, they think they can beat Johnstown in week nine. They think they can play with Licking Valley in week ten. You know, so you know the Hornets will be ready, and I think that's the challenge for Watkins is to match that intensity. Right. No doubt about it. And, uh, of course, you were out of practice, um, and, you know, hopefully there, there's some sense of urgency there. I know Coach Keener's trying to instill that in them. And, um, and ho- you know, hopefully these guys have seen how much it means to Heights, the, the Watkins players, how much it means to Heights and how much they put into it and how much pride there is on both sides in this. And like, like I said with the younger kids, uh, they're learning. A lot of them, this will be their first taste of it. And, um, you know, they need – you're right, though. They they need to they need to try to make something happen to to turn it their in their direction. Certainly, uh, you know Watkins. Uh, it's great this season to see uh, Tony Calavini out there healthy for a senior year. I mean, we we watched him in seven on seven way back before he's a freshman season. You know, he's he's contributed all four years, but he's had some injuries. So you know, he's a guy that had double digit tackles last week against Licking Valley. Uh, he's been out there. He, he's a great leader. You know, everybody looks up to him, even his classmates. You know, it's easy to say, well, you know, we're all seniors. We're on even footing. But, you know, everybody, I think, has great admiration for Tony. Uh, and, and he's trying to lead some of these younger guys that are getting a chance to step up. And, you know, those seniors, you know, Christian Harvey and Eli Wilson and Seth Cook, who had a touchdown last week. You know, Eli ran back a fumble. They both had touchdowns. You know, this is kind of their last stand. You know, to, to kind of say, hey, you know, let, let's make our mark and leave something for these younger kids uh, as they try to get Watkins football back to, you know, being a perennial winning team and a, a team that's, you know, contending for league titles. And, you know, you look at Heights, yeah, this is, uh, you know, definitely the worst year they've had in, in many uh, from a record standpoint. They got a senior like Cody Wilson going last week. You know, he's a kid that's a great wrestler and has been a three-year starter on the football field. If, you know, that payoff came. Uh, last week with a big game against Lakewood, and uh, they're continuing to develop. You know, Noah Coltis, who now is a junior quarterback, is having a great you know middle of the season, hoping for a nice stretch run to take that momentum into uh, you know 2020. Our last game, Newark is hosting Groveport, and you know this is a game that you know the past few years has been a game we've kind of circled because it's been a game that Newark's been right there in. The Wildcats have won their fair share of these matchups. Uh, they won a couple of years ago, shut out the Cruisers. But, man, Cruyffport is having a heck of a season. Uh, you know, if if the Pickerington Central win didn't get everybody's attention, they went out and uh, beat up Canal Winchester last week. Canal Winchester, who was 6-0 and going into that game, too. And, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I haven't really studied that much about the Cruisers. I don't know. Uh, if they Do they have, like, a stud running back, quarterback? or I'm, I'm not sure what, what they've got going for them. But, obviously – you know, they've got a lot more going for them than uh, Le'Veon Bell, you know, uh, paying for their turf field. But now they've got the facility. they got the football team to go with the facility now, it sounds like, which what a turnaround for them. And it just shows you it can be done. It can be done. They've been downtrodden for, for a long time. And, you know, the Wildcats can take some solace in that fact that it can be done there too. And, uh, and obviously – this is a game no, no one's going to give Newark a chance, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they approach this. Uh, maybe you know, hope you know, Groveport may may take them lightly. Who knows? Um, it'd be certainly easy to at this point, and uh, 
the, the Wildcats just need something good to happen to them here and see what happens after that. Well, I think a lesson is across the field. You know, Groveport the last couple of years has done it with defense. You know, even when their record hasn't been quite as strong, you know, that they've built, you know, from that defensive foundation. And it's cliche about, you know, having a strong defense and whatnot. But, you know, I, that's that's where it's all started for the Cruisers, you know, holding teams to – you know, to low-scoring games, and I th- think they shut out Newark last year, if I recall. And uh, like I said, the the previous year it was like a fourteen nothing game. Certainly, uh, the Wildcats didn't nominate them by any stretch. And and once you get that defensive side of the ball fixed, then the offense seems to come a lot easier. You know, when the defense isn't constantly giving up points. You know, that's one of the problems the Wildcats have had over the years. Even when they've been able to sustain some offense, you know, you give up seven points, fourteen points, twenty-one points. You know, you don't have a chance to to wear down a defense or to, you know, to kind of let the game kind of breathe because you have to feel like we have to score every single time we have the ball, and, and that's just an impossible way to, to win games. Yeah, that's the million-dollar question. I hear it from people in Muskingum County where I live. What What's wrong with Newark? What do they need to do to turn around? I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head there, though, about their defense, defense and, and giving up big plays. You know, if they can just limit the big plays – I mean, you know, I just re- I just remember a couple of years ago, uh, they got off to a great start against Groveport at Groveport, and you know scored a touchdown and immediately gave up like an eighty yard touchdown run. Things things like that will break your back. If they can just somehow limit the big plays, that's that's where it starts. You know, make teams drive the field on you. Uh, you know, uh, make them grind it out. So. You're right. That's where it begins. Yeah, we, we talked about seniors having a chance to make their mark, and uh, you know they've got some kids. You know that have opportunity here in these last three weeks to to go for it. You know, guys like uh, you know Louis Cook, who's been a three year starter, and uh, you know Delru Daniels has had a nice season at DB, and you know Prophet Johnson at linebacker. You know these guys have a chance to you know to kind of put their foot down here these last couple weeks against some tough opponents. You know, Canal follows Groveport, so it's going to be difficult. But, but hey, you know, it, it set a tone here for uh, Newark Wildcat football. You know, that's what Coach Franks has been really pushing this season is, you know, let's get something out of this. The win-loss record aside, you know, let's make sure that when people look back, when did it start? It started at some point in 2019. Yeah, absolutely. They have two home games left, these seniors, and this is one of them. And they could really make a statement in this game if they can hang with this Groveport team. And, you know, it, there's no reason they can't. You know, we appreciate everybody following us uh, all season. You know, these, these podcasts have been super fun to uh, to record. You know, Dave and I have done a, some videos over the past few years, and, you know, we've kind of limited ourselves to about five minutes. So it's not real long to be able to, to talk and to go in depth. And, you know, I think people appreciate getting to go a little further into it beyond the numbers, beyond the scores and the records and talk about some of these, uh, you know, great kids that we get to talk to on a weekly basis and follow. And, you know, hopefully they turn into the type of young men that we see so many uh, alums, you know, that are now coaching and helping out, you know, on the sidelines. And, you know, obviously they're starting to, you know, groom and, uh, you know, become those role models that they were when they were younger. So, uh, you know, should be a great Friday night again. And uh, we look forward to bringing, you know, all the action to people. You know, we got always videos and photo galleries and we'll have recaps and, you know, anything you could want on Saturday morning on the website and then uh, certainly in Sunday's paper. And then we do it all all again next week. Uh, we've all been talking about week nine and we have some huge games. So 
let's have some fun this week, and then we'll definitely talk a lot about week nine next week.